Hi guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today. Very special episode with my buddy Callum. Now, first thing first, just letting you guys know that, of course, we do have a Buy Me A Coffee account. So if you do want to support the podcast, go on to www.buymeacoffee forward slash the last set podcast. And of course, always thank you to our sponsor, Hepcat Lads. The leading brand in all things revolving around CBD oil, CBD coffee, and CBD gummies. Head on to their website, www.hepcanlabs, and use our promo code LSP for 10% off. Now, on to the podcast. Callum, how you doing, man? It's good to see you, buddy. Joe, good to see you, man. It's good been a while. You. Yeah, it has been a while. And, of course, thank you very much for bringing in Ray's. Yeah, I've right. Ray's can for us both, mate. Yeah, energy goes well. Cheers, Cheers buddy. buddy. Cheers, bud. All good. Galaxy Burst. Oh. Never tried it before. Oh, what do you think? Solid, solid. So, now, what do you think is better, Bang, Rays, or those amino cans? What or, amino cans? Actually, sorry, no, Bang, Rays, or Monster. What do you think is better? Tough call, tough call. Monster's always a go-to. Monster's got to be the OG. Yeah. But I'm going to go left field, none of them, 3D. Ooh. Best tasting. Yeah. yeah. Do you rec- Which, what do you reckon is the best Monster taste, best Monster can, though? For me, personally... I'm still all about Monster Ultra Sunrise. Just because it tastes a bit like Fanta and all that. What do you think? Yeah, look, it's a good it's a good go, but I can't go past the white. The white, no sugar. Really? Yeah. 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 I feel like when Monster first came around, all that, those like massive amounts of sugar that would be in like, one can of one of those, and then the white one came out, and everyone just like absolutely freaking like, loved it. It was like the number one thing everyone was like drinking on campus as well. Oh, yeah. It was huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for the people listening, uh, Cal and I, we met back in the day, back in university. Uh, we both did the same unit. I would say we both did the same course. We did, both did sports science, exercise yeah. and health. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah the, you did the double. Yeah, I did the double. Yeah, yeah, the double. The whole double. Well, the thing was, there wasn't really much difference from doing sports science and adding exercise and health. No, it's only it a few. It's only like a few units that turned it for the I best. I think if you didn't grab exercise and health, you just got a few broadening units extra. Yeah, I think so that was correct. In, in my opinion, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. To not take it. <laughs> yeah, you true. missed the ESSA accreditation. Exactly. Yeah. Did you actually? Uh, what is it? Did you? In you. Uh, so, just for a brief introduction to the audience, uh, explain who you are and what you do. So, as Joe said, my name is Callum. Um, I met Joe in university. We both did a Bachelor of Science. Um, with a double major in sports science and exercise and health. Um, I started my honours briefly and then fell out of that through COVID in 2020 um, and fell into working full-time at a gym. Mm -hmm. I transitioned my role from mostly um, admin and management through to now part-time admin and management and more full-time coaching. So I get get a a bit of both um, with most of my hours now spent coaching. I understood, man. So you've been coaching for how many years now? Um, 18 months now. 18 months, yeah. yeah. So, so it was a fair ramp up phase there for me because I was juggling both. Yeah. Um, but now basically full-time coaching, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing we can like obviously talk about, like the whole, what it's like in the industry and all that. So for me personally, I've been coaching for, I think just nearly up to two years now. So quite yeah, some time. You rolled straight out. We graduated the same year. I think you rolled straight out into, into work, didn't you? Yeah, so yeah, what actually happened with, what happened with me was I, it was the only thing I ever wanted to do. I didn't really see myself doing anything else. And then straight away, straight out of uni, when we finished and all that, uh, I, I think it was on the last semester, I went to uh, the UFC gym where I was training and I was like, hey, you guys looking for any more trainers? 
Uh, I don't actually have graduated, I'm not graduated yet, but obviously I've finished everything, so I should be eligible to pretty much work here. And then I did a bit of shadowing, and then I came on. What was your story of working where you are? Um, like I said, I almost fell into it. I was working at the gym, the gym's Excess Fitness. It's a small boutique gym located in South Perth. Mm -hmm. um, I moved to the area back in 2018, just around the corner, signed up as a member. Yeah. So I started as a member. Um, the owner that currently owns it, um, he bought it in 2019. When he was taking over, I said to him, like, look, if you need a hand with anything, um, I'm more than happy to take on some hours, whether it's you want somebody on the floor spotting people, you want somebody to walk around tidying up. Um, and then I ended up coming on just as a part-time, basically assistant admin um, manager. So just doing Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, um, just helping out around the place. So that's how I started there. So basically just admin assistant. Then at that time I was finishing studying, moved into my honours, um, where I was working with a sports team. That fell through due to COVID. Mm. Wasn't able to go to the facility, wasn't able to work with the team, so I lost that project. Started another one. That project fell through due to the, of whether, when are we gonna be able to test? Are we actually gonna be able to test? Because it involved human samples. Mm. Um, back in COVID 2020, everything was up in there. Are we gonna be able to take human samples or not? Yeah. Or is it gonna be too risky? So I just said, that's not the experience that I want, whether I'm gonna be able to do it or not. Lo and behold, um, they were actually able to complete all the honours that year. So I, um, I ended up dropping out anyway, and that's it's not the experience that I want. Um, did two weeks of basically moving house at the time, which was nothing. So I wasn't working, I wasn't studying. Um, then job keeper came back through and the gym rehired everybody else at COVID. Um, and the manager at the time actually stepped down. She didn't want to be involved in the gym anymore mainly due to the COVID safety hazard that she saw at the time. She had pre-existing conditions um, and she didn't want to uh, basically be exposed to any risk factors at all. Yeah. So I took over the gym at that time um, from a management and admin standpoint um, and that's sort of how I fell into that role. I started a little bit of coaching then and then sort of since then I've transitioned to less um, management and admin more coaching so it's a fairly flexible role wow so that's actually a massive transition considering you've only been doing it for quite a short period of time but despite that how long have you actually been training in the gym for um well that's a good question so i started doing s and c work so strength and conditioning work maybe when i was 14 15 16 mm. probably 14 from the top of my head um this was all involved with soccer clubs so yeah. That's why I say it was S&C, because it wasn't really gym work. Most of it was body weight work. We could do it out in the field. Some of it was in the gym. I remember doing my first 1RM test. I think I was 15. Yeah. Um, we did a testing day in the guy's, guy's home gym. Mm. Just squat, bench, and deadlift. I can't even remember what the numbers were. <laughs> they were probably, probably terrible. Um, and my form was probably even worse. But So I've been in the gym in and out in some capacity since 15, um, with the focus mainly on athletic ability, first through soccer, then uh, into sprinting and surf club. Um, then sort of lacking focus for a little bit. I still stayed in the gym, but wasn't really doing much. And the last 18 months, it's been mainly physique focused. Yeah, so that's actually what I really wanted to bring you in because in the short period of time that I've known you in these last like eight months, you've just like blown up. It's insane. So let's start with what you're pulling. What are your records? What are you pulling right now in squat, bench and deadlift? Um, I always had a powerlifting sort of past. When I was 
because of the sports involvement, um, one of the best ways you can obviously develop strength and power is through those main compound lifts. Um, so when I was quite younger, I was always able to pull decent numbers. I just had a good body weight to strength ratio. So I was always able to move sort of 140 on the deadlift, 140 on the squat. My bench was probably around 80 um, when I was around sort of 17-ish um, when I was running. But in the last 18 months, I started focusing on it more. Um, to the point where one of my friends um, and me had a little bit of a competition. It was actually three of us just said, all right, well, let's just have an in-house uh, powerlifting competition. Mm. The competition never actually went through. We all just got really competitive and started training a lot harder. Good, good. Um, and that sort of sparked everything. But at the moment, that, again, that was around 18 months ago. At the moment, um, at the most recent competition, I did my first powerlifting comp. Maybe my first only, I don't know. I enjoyed the sport, but it was quite hard. And again, I'm, I'm mainly physique focused. Um, in my most recent competition, I squatted 225. Whoa, 225. Pulled uh, 220, I think counted. I pulled 230, but I didn't uh, control the bar to the floor. I threw it down, mm -hmm. so it didn't count, which is fair enough. Oh, so you're not allowed to slam the bar? No, no, oh. I was a bit too aggressive. I got overexcited, which is fair. Oh, okay. um, so I pulled 230, but didn't count. So 220 on the deadlift and benched 135. Oof. So that's what three plates. Uh, no, just shy. Ah, oh. just shy. That's the goal this year. Yeah, is that that's what you're funny. trying to pull? Free plates right now? You know, so uh, what you chase? Yeah, you push free yeah. plates. Yeah. Fuck, that's crazy, man. I mean, I'm not even anywhere near that. But you had your first powerlifting competition. That was November last November. year. November, yeah. 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 So what was it like then doing your first powerlifting competition? Was it like a lot of hype music, a lot of slapping, a lot of chalk? <laughs> there was with um the crew that I was with because we're all very tight. Um, I did it with Johnny as well. Johnny, with Johnny, Bauer. yeah, yeah, yeah shout Johnny, out Johnny man. Hope you listen, man. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny's one of the Rucci boys now. He's, he's yeah. killing it, man. Um, but yeah, so it was good energy when we did it. It's nothing like, I've gone to those competitions for a few years now. Mm. Um, it's nothing like the state champs or um, your GPC Cups. Nothing like the energy there. Mm -hmm. um, but it was still a really good energy and a good place to enter the sport from, I guess. Even though, being a coach, um, I'm not a powerlifting coach, so I haven't coached so many for one of them before. So it was good to get an experience there and, and enter the sport, I guess. And the Rucci boys always put on a nice event um, and it's very well catered for people looking to get into the sport and develop an understanding. They definitely make it a good event from the point of view of judging, I would say, um, where it's not too harsh and it's not too lenient so that people get an experience of, all right, you have to hit technical lifts, but it's not, you're gonna, if you fuck this up, it doesn't count. Yeah. Like for example, I left the straps on um, over my thumbs for one of my bench presses. Okay. That's a big no-no, apparently. I didn't well, know they said... Why is that a no-no? I couldn't tell you, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, not enough experience in the industry. Johnny's yeah. probably the one asked for that. Yeah. Um, uh, but they allowed the lift anyway. So they're good in that regard, where they'll, they'll let something slide, but not others. So that you get, you get a good experience, and you're not like, oh, fuck, this sport is shit. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good there. Fair point, fair point. So now, obviously, a good part of the, uh, of the podcast I wanted to talk about was just like, just an opinion on certain things, right? Because now we've been coaching for quite some time, you know, for the, for the putting this out there. We're not experts. We're just a couple of guys learning as we yeah. go. So please don't take everything we say as like a... As and like obviously, as we said, the timeframes we've been talking about are nothing compared to people that have been coaching face-to-face. -face Correct. And online for 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I want to start by asking you, what's your opinion on the fitness industry now that you've got a little bit of a taste for it? I think it's one of the best industries I can think of in terms of community maybe. Yeah. Um, 
but that's multifaceted, so it has its good aspects and its bad aspects. Correct, correct. Um, in some aspects, it seems almost sort of toxic. Um, there's a lot of competition, not so healthy. Mm. There seems like a lot of shit talking between coaches. Oh, yeah. Um, and everybody wants to be right. Um, so I think it's a great industry. Do I think there's no negatives to it? No, I definitely think it has its downfalls. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody, nearly everybody has the same goal that they want to help people. And I think that is a super healthy starting point of an industry. Yeah. With the main goal is to help somebody rather than to just take their money. Correct. I have a firm believer of authenticity. In the industry these days, you see a lot of people calling each other out and all that percent things. Um, and there's a lot, there's so much like misinformation. Uh, then people, you know, they constantly downgrade each other and all that. But one thing I always strive for is one, tell the fucking truth. That's the one thing I care about the most because I hate it. I hate this so much. And we, you know, we're pretty sure you can vouch for this as well. But where you're 23. Uh, 24. Oh, 20, so, you're older, yep. so you're older than me. I hate it when you see like those 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds on TikTok. And then I know this because I'm all, all the bloody time on TikTok. When you see they're all juiced up yep. and they're like selling programs that have no way how they had a screen or how to process. It's just buy this and you're going to look like this. Buy that and you're going to look like that. It's just bullshit, man. Yeah. So that's why I'm a big fan of people who just tell the fucking truth. Like... um. A good example is what's his name? That uh, South African bodybuilder that everyone's like following nowadays. Noel, Daddy Noel, they call him or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not familiar. Not familiar? Okay, I'll have to show you afterwards. He's this giant South African dude and he's so popular online. And the reason why is because he always tells the truth. Hmm. He's like, look, I'm not going to bullshit you. I am on steroids. I do take, uh, I have been taking them for years. And I can call people out when I've taken... Or another good example is um, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. Yeah, Derek's great. Uh, he's brilliant. And yeah. he openly admits to being on steroids. And because he's a chemist, or I think he, I think he's a chemist, and he's been practicing for years, and he's been there and done that, he knows so much. He has the ability to recall facts, like, out of thin air and all that sort mm. of stuff. So... I, that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. yeah, honesty in the in the industry is something that I find funny. Um, I don't know why people want to either mislead, um, or maybe it's from the other direction that I find quite interesting. Is I've often heard of brands that just won't work with people or don't agree with, or they'll revoke contracts if people admit or start talking about um, uh, PEDs. Yeah. So you're, I always just joke about the Gymshark guys, like oh, fake natties, yeah, um, yeah, because they can't talk about it. What, why? why that is, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, it, it boggles me. I, I, I almost don't want to comment on it because it's, it's unusual. Yeah. Um, another good guy, like you're saying, the South African fella. There's a guy called Josh Bridgman in the okay. UK. Okay. Um, yeah, straight up and honest. Yeah. Yeah. But my favourite would be uh, Seth Rossi for that. Okay. Obviously, he he started it after Rich Piana's death. He's talking about it with the steroids, drugs, and life video. Oh. Um, and it's just straight up and it's raw about, about the industry. Is Steph Rossi the one who runs Axe and Sled that, company? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. a fucking... He's, he's legit as fuck. And I always love listening to his, like, um, his motivational videos, like Machiavelli Motivation. They always do good ones on him. Those, those guys are dope. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're great. I think they were, like, the original uh, motivational videos on YouTube. Because I remember back when I started training when I was, I think I was about 16 years old and I used to walk to Jets every morning and like, I used to have that video before I started. And Because that guy was so consistent as well with his training videos. So that was like the main source of motivation for a lot of young kids. 
uh, what's the next the the next point was yeah about Gymshark man. Here's what really bothers me about those guys. They're all about they believe so much in body positivity, body type positivity, and I'm just like. All of the guys are absolutely sourced up, are A, sourced up, or professional athletes. But all the girls are are absolute mix and variety of different bodies, and they all talk body positivity. So when we hear that sort of stuff, it's mainly focused towards women. It's not really something you hear about towards men. Why do you think that is? I can't comment on Gymshark specifically because, again, I don't follow them. But, yeah, a lot of industries will yeah body positive body positive body positive yeah um and yeah like you said it's always shredded guys massive guys yeah um skewed towards one direction which is generally juiced um not always the case um some people are are very unique and work very hard um and have a great genetic um set but yeah it's always the extreme um why that is i couldn't say maybe it's the appeal of it but I don't know about you, but in my experience um, and what I can understand from my friends um, is that women don't find, or other men don't find the the extreme example of the athlete, what we think of the bodybuilder, mm-hmm. as to be attractive. Yeah. So I don't know where it comes from. Um, mainly it, it might just come from a following point of view. Generally mm-hmm. those guys have a, a greater following, therefore greater exposure for the brands, mm-hmm. um, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on TikTok, whether it's on YouTube. Um, that's probably the only thing I can think of is that maybe that's why whereas women can have a following for any reason yeah they, they, they do that's a fair, that's really a fair point uh, the, ne- the next thing I was going to say is just like when, when it comes to that sort of body positivity what I'm seeing a lot of it's it's uh, it's it's sort of dramatically changing in a way I do believe because as a PT, we want to preach, you know, don't focus on what you see in the mirror, focus on what you see in the weight room, really. So nowadays, I feel like when people that they just post, um, what is it, they say, for example, a really good photo of themselves where they're absolutely shredded, I'm always telling, don't ever like look at it and think, oh, fuck, I want to be like that. It's because it's never the case because there's so many good things. There's so many factors, like one, lighting, two, did they just actually just train just then? Three, oh, what are they taking for? It's just so, it's just too much. So I focus on what you can physically do and compared to what you could physically do like last year. So for example, if you couldn't bench much or you couldn't deadlift much and now you can deadlift and bench so much more, that is so much more important, uh, ideally. And that is what I want everyone to like turn towards, like feats a little bit more and recovered from injuries and being able to move correctly and all that rather than you know having a six-pack and all that because nowadays you look at certain certain guys who like i'm just trying to think of a good example some athletes are absolutely strong as fuck but you look at them and think oh that doesn't that guy doesn't really look like he could do much really but that's not really the case and nowadays also the other thing is just trying to preach lifestyles i mean nobody's uh unless nobody's perfect and all that so everyone's gonna slip off there but like seven days a week chicken and rice all day morning cardio it's just it can be exhausting what do you think about that i think you've made a few interesting uh comments there um a lot of it i think pertains to maybe who you're coaching who you're engaging with because um i've actually sort of found the last maybe six months 
uh, I coached one person for a bodybuilding show and that was extremely enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I had a great relationship with her. Um, I'd do it all over again. Um, but I don't know if it's a pathway I want to go down is that uh, training people for physique because um, it is quite an extreme spectrum. Mm. Um, the same thing for powerlifting. What I think I'm enjoying is maybe the same as you, which is coaching your general pop people, mm -hmm. your av what we would call, or what I would call an average Joe, mm -hmm. um, which is 80% of the population, I guess. I'm just pulling a number out of my head there. Um, and for those people, yeah, it's important to say, don't focus on what you look like because it's easy to generalize, or it's easy to idolize, sorry, I should say, people that look like that magazine cover without actually knowing what went into it. So I always use myself an example for clients. Um, I should, if they ask, I'll show them a picture of when I was really shredded. And then I tell them that anytime outside of the gym room or when I didn't have 800 milligrams of caffeine <laughs> flowing, through, flowing through my body. We were like six of these yeah. razors. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, there was a point where I was having a scoop of pre-workout and then mixing it with a monster. Mm. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I remember yeah, those days. Yeah. <laughs> outside of that, that, that hour that I was training, I felt dead. Yeah. Uh, I felt terrible. I was incredibly unhealthy. My insides were not good. Um, and I was uh, using PEDs. So at that time, okay. um, I was taking MK677 and LGD. Mm. Um, would I ever do those again? Probably not because I've sort of learned a little bit more about um, performance enhancing drugs, especially for men. Mm -hmm. um, I would never go down that avenue again. I wouldn't advise other guys to do it either. Um, but I always use that example to people of, yeah, I look fucking awesome, mm -hmm. but I wasn't healthy. Yeah. I didn't feel good. So I always tell your general pop guys, it's it, like yourself, it's a little bit more important about one, how can you perform in the weights room? But I tell people it's more important what you do for the other 23 hours a day. Yeah. Can you sleep good? Yeah. Uh, can you do your job good? Are you tired all the time? Can you get out of a car good? Can you get off the toilet all right? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you breathe heavy getting off the bed? Can you fuck your missus right? Like, <laughs> like simple things like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's one thing I love about Seth. Is he's very open about this sort of stuff. Is you have to be able to do the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and so that's what a general gem pop guys. But also um, on that point, if you're training people for physique, um, it's got to be goal specific. So you might have to be look yeah. orientated. You might have to be oh shit, well, I don't look this way, or I'm not, um, I'm getting a little bit chubby. I'm on a bolt, but my abs are losing, uh, going away too quickly. So I guess sometimes you might have to be physique focused, um, unlike what we would really like, because um, it's not great for body image, but for most people, you can be performance or, or lifestyle focused. So um, can I do my job better? Can I feel better for the other 23 hours that I'm not in a gym? Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was, what did you say you were taking again? Um, so... I've taken a variety of PEDs okay. um, since a physique journey. Now, I don't think it's the right thing to do, um, jumping into a physique journey and then jumping into PEDs. With hindsight, I would have trained probably for another year. Um, I did have a training base underneath me, like we said. I know. I trained since I was 15. There you go. That's, um, that's, that's why it's important. So yeah. here's the thing. I, what you're doing, in my opinion, no problems, absolutely fine, because you can only do so much you can naturally. You cannot yeah. get so much naturally. And, and you've been training for a certain period of time, and not even that, but your goal is to actually be on the stage as well and you want to take it. Why the hell not? You go ahead. I mean, yeah. I would rather have that sort of, and I would rather have someone put that much focus into themselves 
when nowadays most kids our age are doing like the pingers and doing the cocaine, you know, and you're doing them whatever the fuck. Exactly, yeah. You're literally going to take one bad night of that and that will put you in the hospital. That can kill you, so... Yeah, everyone's yeah. everyone's got their vice. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Um, again, nobody's perfect. Everything's going to kill you. Might as well do something that that yeah. you have fun and you enjoy. Yeah. Um, back to yeah, back to what I was taking. I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, I don't. I, ideally, in hindsight, I would have you know had another year of actual physique training because I was training before. But like I said, I was training for a mixed bag, a bit of athleticism, a bit of strength, mm-hmm. a bit of hypertrophy here or there, um, and not training as well as I should have. Even though I had the university level of understanding, mm-hmm. I wasn't applying it. So right. if I started applying it, ideally would have done another year, but me and a friend were just like, oh, fuck it, whatever. Um, in hindsight, wouldn't do that again. Um, so I started taking MK677, uh, which is a secretagogue for growth hormone. Okay. Um, actually, recently I saw it was originally used in a military study for something around um, uh, basically trauma-based studies, trying wow. to induce trauma. So wow. again, I'd probably stay away from that because it does work, okay. um, but also <laughs> probably not for the reason we want it to. Mm. Um, so what did you experience when you took that for the first time? Um, basically better recovery with MK677. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only mild, but you know, slightly uh, better sleep. With that one, it's a secretagogue, so it works through... Uh, your uh, ghrelin feedback system so it'll increase levels of ghrelin which then feed back through uh, to try and uh, um, allow more growth hormone production wow okay Um, so you get slight benefits of high growth hormone so a little bit of better sleep a little bit more water retention um, but from the ghrelin you get increased hunger which Ah. is why a lot of guys will use it as an appetite um, basically inducer Um, alongside with that when i first started i was using uh, rad 140 Mm. which is a psalm um, oh. which are quite popular now. Okay. Um, and I'll go straight on to say is I don't advise any young people to jump into the use of these. Um, I'm only just sort of skimming the surface of knowledge now in PEDs um, and already at the surface of uh, proper wisdom around these. The Psalms are fucking terrible for young men um, and not good for you at all. Whilst I do get some results, at what detriment? Okay, yeah. and if you don't mind me asking, was there any detriment when you started taking this stuff? Did you? Not originally, no. no. Oh, good. Then you then no, that's okay. Not originally, but you know, longer term use, you cycle. True. Maybe you don't. You stay on for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, um, it was all fine until I combined, you know, um, it with a diet period. Okay. Um, which was extreme stress on the body, um, and. Uh, yeah, you, you can have side effects from, from any of this stuff and basically it's all dose dependent and result dependent, basically you pay for what you get for yeah. um, with everything in life. So that's that's um, with everything, um, PEDs included. So everything's got a cost. Wow, so what, are you currently taking anything right now or do you cycling on anything right now at the moment? So I came off um, that, what I would call like soft PED, so Psalms and Soft so- PEDs? I never even knew that was a thing. I've yeah. never heard of it. I'm co- coining this term now, maybe. Okay. Um, basically, not gear. Um, oh, okay. So your Psalms and your secretagogues, I would I would call that halfway shit. Yeah. Um, still effective, but, you know, not really. And I wouldn't, wouldn't um, you know, people market them as no side effects where it's not, not that case at all. Um, and definitely not bang for your buck either. Okay. Um, so I came off them at the end of that diet period that I did middle of last year. Um, cleaned myself out, got healthy again, um, had some hormone problems, I would say, just my low test because okay. the diet period and then the Psalms, negative, uh, basically 
wind down your test system, um, even though they say they don't, um, mm. they do that, um, and they don't actually replicate tests. So that's where you get problems with them. Okay. Is it will give you negative feedback on your testosterone, so that'll become lower, um, but it, it's not testosterone. Yeah. So you don't get any of the benefits that the male body actually needs from it. Okay. Um, I won't go into any more depth because I, I, I don't have the expertise or the knowledge to, to talk more on it. That's just my basic understanding of it. Um, then after that, I decided, um, basically I really fucked up by jumping into PEDs too early. Um, I'm gonna go a whole hog and I started with a testosterone cycle. Okay. Um, and that was in the lead up to my powerlifting show. Okay. So I thought, well, if I'm gonna oh, do it, yeah. So the powerlifting, it wasn't drug tested then? Uh, no, no, no. So it was a GPC comp, which is not a, not a drug tested federation. Oh, okay. So how many federations are there in currently right now running around in Perth? Yeah, in terms of powerlifting, yeah. I couldn't tell off the top of my head. I'm aware of there's GPC, which is your non-tested one, um, and then I think it's uh, APL, which is the tested one, but there might be another one called IPF. I'm not, I'm not too sure whether mm -hmm. that's in Perth. Um, I think it's just maybe APL and GPC for now. Again, that's probably another question for Johnny. Um, yeah. Is going to get on the podcast? Probably. Well, well here's what we'll ask you think what we probably will do is we'll get you boys both on if he's available again uh, for maybe over the next couple of weeks and all that. So that's definitely one. So let's just keep going with that for the time being. So <coughs> so what did you experience when you started taking testosterone? I wish I documented <coughs> it more, actually. Yeah. Um, the, the most noticeable thing was a, uh, an increase in strength. Um. I didn't get an increase in size for maybe the first five weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so increase in strength was definitely the most noticeable and immediate factor. Mm -hmm. um, and we can just put that probably straight again. I, I don't don't quote me on any of this. I don't have the expertise or the knowledge in the area, but um, it seems to have been a purely neurological response, um, mm -hmm. as we know from our from our uh, undergrad. A lot of the strength response is. Uh, neurological mm -hmm. um, so from that aspect I think it was mainly neurological okay um, yeah did you in I mean obviously you look healthier and all that so you didn't experience any skin issues you didn't experience any hair loss did you ex no um, because before I before I started I thought well I did Psalms that was fucking terrible that was a bad decision yeah um, if I'm gonna do um, gear I might as well do it the right way mm -hmm. so I started researching free free stuff to start with, YouTube videos, things like that. I watch Seth Rosie all the time, yeah. um, but he doesn't really know what he's on about. Let's be honest, he just he's very honest about it. Yeah. Um, I started looking into guys like, uh, there's a guy called Victor Black, um, mm -hmm. John Jewett's a bodybuilder that he has good resources, um, and then Josh Bridgman talks about it quite openly and he's quite intelligent. Um, so it's about smart and safe use, and it's a little bit like training, getting the most out of the least. So I didn't see any side effects other than a little bit of mood irritation, I'd say, um, because I wasn't using a lot. So no, back to your original question, no skin side effects really, because the doses that I'd taken were quite low. I started on what I would consider you know, a decent amount, which was 300 milligrams, which a lot of guys would you know, not go near, they'd just go straight to 600. Yeah, well, if you started low, build up, build up, it's probably a lot more safer. Not even have considering as well, you're quite young and all that. It doesn't really need the body, doesn't actually. Exactly, and yeah. I'm not a big guy. Yeah, um, I was 80 kilos when I started, so yeah. Um, the best way to sort of look at that is not as a milligram per week, because then that'd be like comparing 
you know, if we say uh, it's hard, it's hard to compare across people. Mm -hmm. um, so what a better way to look at is milligrams per kilogram mm -hmm. of body mass. Yeah, which as we know through our studies is always a, you know we, we always want to work stuff out in terms of body weights because everybody's different. Yeah, and then obviously there's a gender difference. Um, so my milligram per kilogram of body mass was um, fairly safe, and like you said, you said the word safe for use. Um, that's what you should be looking to achieve um, with use of any sort of substances. Can I get the most out of the lease? How can I do it as safe as possible? Yeah, that's the thing I'm always like preaching for nowadays. I am a, I'm obviously never experimenting any. I have never really taken anything like that before in my life. I've taken experimented with whatever I can get my hands on in a supplement store. Like I'm always trying to learn, test like things like testosterone. Had some results from. Uh, I've also, you know, tried some test boosters and I really do jack shit, really, even though I'm young, I don't know why I'm taking that shit. But the reason why I take it is because you never really know what's going to happen unless you actually do it yourself. Like, you know, you can't really... It's so weird to say, but if you're someone who doesn't know what cocaine does to you, you've never really taken something like that before in your life, you know, and the effects that it has. But it's... What well, the point is I'm trying to trying to make is... I want, uh, in, a few, in the future, the body can do only do so much naturally, right? We're heading into a period in sport where I feel like athletes are starting to max out their natural potential. I really do. Because if you look at over the past few year, few Olympics, not a whole lot of Olymp um, records have been broken. It's very, very hard to break records nowadays, you know, and athletes, are, even though are they, are they really getting stronger, bigger, faster and all that, it's getting to a point now where I feel like steroids will or performance enhancing drugs should be incorporated into sports but i want them to be as safe as possible because i want more research into it and then imagining what it would be like if we could use that sort of stuff and it'd be so so safe i mean nothing's perfect there will be a tiny side effects where it could be integrated into society like let's say for example if someone's had like a um like a muscle tear and all that you know they obviously they would give them some sort of steroids in order to help them recover we give steroids to people who are suffering from AIDS, you know, to help get their T levels up. That's honestly what I would really like. And it's the same with certain sports like powerlifting. There's the drug-free and then there's the, dr the dr uh, non-PED tested. And I honestly believe that, and you can, or maybe you can back me up on this one, but PED tested is, uh, would you say, the most popular one to people to turn to to watch? In terms of powerlifting? Yeah. No, definitely non-tested. Really? Yeah, and I think it, on this point that you're making of around sport, I think it would be interesting to have in different sports, whether it's MMA, whether it's cycling, whether mm. it's the Olympics, um, or just like athletics, for example, a tested and non-tested federation. Um, what I'd be scared to see is what happens to the non-tested federation exactly, because yeah. it starts to become a bit of... I know what I'd watch. I'd be like, fuck yeah. it, how high can we jump? Yeah. Like, how fast can we run? Like, how yeah. hard can this guy hit? I'm yeah. going to watch the exciting stuff. The guy with the, he's juiced out of his brain. Yeah. Or juiced safely, at least, where he's enhanced. Yeah. Because um, it'll be more exciting. Because at the end of the day, we watch sport for entertainment. Mm. What's going to be more entertaining? Yeah. Um, so I'd be worried if that was the case, what would happen to the people that um, can't or don't want to um, enhance their body? Yeah. Now, that's a, that's a fair point. The reason why I made this is because I look at a sport like bodybuilding. I mean, how many how many times do we look up to the Chris Bumsteads? How many people do we look up to, like, uh, you know, the Phil Heaves, the Kai Greens, the Jay Cutlers? Some of those guys are juiced to the fucking gills. Can you name one really, really famous uh, natural pro bodybuilder who's actually 100% not on gear? 
not off the top of my head, no. It's exactly. And and I'm pretty sure there is some sort of um, Olympia equivalent yeah. um, in the natural federations, but again, you don't hear anyone talking about it. Yeah, I mean, there is. watching it. Yeah, like, um, you heard of Generation 9? Yeah, yeah, the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, The Generation 9 Network did one for the natural bodybuilding, the natural bodybuilding competition, and then I looked at all the natural bodybuilders, and I was like... I don't know. I don't. Like, we're talking Miss Olympia natural bodybuilding. Yeah. And they couldn't even sell out a classroom. Yeah. Whereas, like the Mister Olympia itself sells out almost like a whole theater or something like that. Yeah. So that's why, because why do we go to these things? We want to see the muscle bounds. We want to see the freaks. Yeah, it's entertainment. It is entertainment, and that's what it is at the end of the day, because it's a business and it's marketable markability, mm-hmm. and for let's say for a sport such as grappling, grappling's not. PED tested. Um, I don't believe that. Um, don't quote me on that, though. I know of, because I've seen. Because I'm still a white belt. I've gone to a couple of white belt competitions. I see some guys in 120 kilo categories. I'm like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's the case. And but we we want to see this, and we're obsessed with this sort of stuff nowadays. So, I mean, ideally, preach. I obviously want to teach naturally, but at the same time, I'm. I'm not saying I'm a massive advocate for PED sports, but I do believe they should have a place in the world in mainstream nowadays because I feel like that's where we're starting to head towards. Yeah. yeah. The other sort of uh, flip side of all of this is whilst I think we normalise talking about it, especially in industries like uh, the physique industry, we'll say, um, because we can't let people outside of it or people entering we'll say young people as a term um get the wrong idea yeah think that things are achievable natural or um develop body image issues because they constantly seeing people that are enhanced we can't let the the lack of talking about it um generate that issue but i also think we could over normalize it yeah we could definitely make it seem like it's way more normal because in the day it's not healthy it's not good for you yeah. they're illegal for a reason yeah. um so in that aspect i think it's dangerous yeah. because we could over normalize it yeah i feel like it's just i just want a little bit i just want transparency because if you're enhanced and you're saying and you're going around yelling and screaming at your natty and then you've got all these kids who are looking up to you and all that you're just as pretty much committing a bad as big of a crime, pretty much, because you do believe, I do believe you have some form of, I believe we're all inherently responsible for our own actions and all that. But when you're saying this and you're natty and you've got all these people looking up to you, I do believe you have a responsibility to tell them the truth and to tell the truth because the truth shouldn't hurt. No. I don't know how that goes in that day. <laughs> yeah. And I think people may, may be worried about that it's going to detract from them to some aspect. Um, like I'm always, I'm always open about it, even though I've only been using PDs for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and my knowledge and experience is quite limited. I'm always upfront, like I am right now, yeah. about it. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, I can't remember where I was going to go with that point now. <laughs> um, but I think it's important too to to make sure that people understand the risks around it. Um, and like we said, we we don't we don't over normalize it by any means. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted actually to bring up as well is because you're heading into the physique category, right? Well, the physique world, I'd say. Yeah. I say physique as a term based around oh. you know, uh, focusing on how you uh, appear aesthetically. Yeah. 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 Do you see yourself competing at any point? Definitely. Definitely yeah. sometime in the future. Yeah. I say future because 
I used to think maybe that was a year down the track. Yeah. Um, now I'm like, oh, maybe two years, three years, yeah. um, four years, because whilst it's a sport about improving yourself, I think I can improve myself without stepping on stage. Because yeah. I've already seen after doing a few uh, um, diets to the point where I was getting closer towards stage lean, in my opinion, um, I was definitely not lean enough for a stage. Um, but not, not in my opinion, lean enough to compete. Um, even getting close enough, I can see the health issues around it. Um, so to do that, I would definitely want to make sure it, I'm, it's, it's worth it. Um, but again, it's a sport about uh, improving yourself. So I think you can do that away from the stage. I think people get too carried away in going to compete in a stage for you know the whole experience of it. And that's okay if they're doing it for the experience. Um, but also don't rush into it, I think. So I, I will compete in the future, but I'm in no rush to get there. I might do it next year, might do it. The situation's gotta be right, in my opinion. Yeah, I believe in when it comes to training, the, the longer you do it before a, a bodybuilding competition, the better. Mainly because uh, your body needs to ha take that time to hold on to that weight and all that mass, you know, that muscle mass, and then it's gonna start to drop it and you need to go through the, you know, the much go through the trenches of training pretty much and once you've done it enough it's easy to step on stage like I i've spoken to all of the pts and bodybuilders and sorry, competition prep coaches and then they all say the rule of thumb should be a good at least two years of training mm, one one year to actually get your body in shape and then one year to change it because body muscle takes a lot of time and then if you're not ready for you know the and also establishes routine because if you're not ready for like you know the morning cardio the calories the deficits this lack of sleep and then the cycles and then what it does to your body you're not going to be ready so there was always that so that's why i always say the the arm is better but because i've never and this is also your opinion as well because it's rare to have power i haven't had any many powerlifters on here before but what do you think a good rule of thumb would be for training before you step on for a powerlifting competition i'd probably say around the same time Really? Maybe around that two-year mark. Um, but again, everybody's different. You might want to step on stage just for the experience. Um, I'm quite a competitive person, so if I go to do something, I'm going to want to do pretty all right at it. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say I'm going to win because you know, you don't, it's a sport at the end of the day. You can't mm -hmm. always win. Um, but I want to be competitive. Um, so in, in my opinion, I would always err on, again, longer to prepare is better. But yep. some people will want to step onto a platform or a stage sooner than us as a coach would want them to uh, because they want that experience, they want that motivation, they want to do it once and then that's going to motivate them further. Or they might need, for example, in my experience, while I had done powerlifting training before and was already very strong, the reason I signed up for it was because I need, I just needed a little bit of a kick in the ass. I just needed to change my tack. I was doing physique training um, and I was just getting a little bit tired with it. I was just demotivated. Um, and I was like, fuck it, you know what? I'll do powerlifting for a little bit um, just so I can change my tactic, give me a kick up the ass. Um, and so some people will step on a platform or sign up for something like that um, for the reason of uh, basically motivation. So whilst I think a good base is you always want to get a decent amount of training behind you, whether you're doing uh, bodybuilding, triathlons, marathon runnings, um, powerlifting, whatever your training is. If you're going to um, jump on earlier than maybe your coach or you and me might say, do it for the right reason. So do it for the motivation or do it because you're chasing experience. Exactly, exactly. So we're just heading right towards the end. Apologies, this is a little bit short, my man, for the whole 
SD card thing we're going to get you back on. So the last question I wanted to ask you was, uh, what do you plan to do for the rest of the year? What are you hoping? Are you hoping to step back on stage for powerlifting or are you going to wait some time or are you going to hopefully? Um, for the remainder of this year, I basically just want to build build on myself uh, in terms of physique aspect, mm -hmm. um, build on myself in terms of strength. But my main focus for the year will be, you know, building my personality, um, building my knowledge base. It's been a while since we've been out of uni. I've mm. been working, 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 working. Um, whilst I did a strength course throughout that, um, Seb Arab strength course, a great course, by the mm. way. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't done too much learning throughout and I'm really sort of yearning again to uh, build on my knowledge. Um, and I probably will go down that path of studying PDs a little bit more, but I'd like to look into more, um, uh, probably women's health, um, and then get a knowledge around that um, and maybe a, a nutrition cert. So building on my knowledge as a coach, um, building on my personality and my personal skills to deal with people. Um, and then all of that flows into my uh, idea of building on my business, which is which is coaching. Um, and then I also want to focus on my relationship. Um, I formed a new relationship at the end of the last year with an awesome girl. And I really want to build on that um, throughout this year. Yeah, well, like they say, man, happy wife, happy life. The same applies to having a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we could both, both agree on that. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so last but not least, man, if anyone wants to follow you and they're listening right now, where can they follow you? Um, on Instagram, Coach Callum Tuffield, I think it is. I just started that coaching page um, under the suggestion of my beautiful girlfriend to split off my personal page from a coaching page so I can have um, basically more dedicated um, content. Um, so at Coach Calm Tough on Instagram. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. And cheers. And cheers. Thanks for having me on. One of many. One of many. One of many. Hopefully, hopefully we'll do one with the boys soon. Yes, absolutely. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to follow the page, go to the Last Set Podcast on all Facebook and Instagram. And of course, if you want to go on to buymeacoffee.com at forward slash Last Set Podcast. And of course, thank you to our sponsors, Hemp Cat Labs. All the best, guys. See you soon.